I'm going to be reading from 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning at verse 18 and reading through verse 20. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 through Timothy. This is what Paul wrote young Timothy. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy. Now, Timothy was not no flesh and blood kin to Apostle Paul. He was his son in the Lord. Timothy come to the Lord under the ministry of the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul baptized him in Jesus' name. Apostle Paul laid hands on him. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. So Timothy became his son in the Spirit. He said, I charge, I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Hallelujah. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. I want to, before you sit down, read those at Scripture again in the New American Standard Version of the Bible. He said, This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you might you fight the good fight. You get that? Original King James said, wage a good warfare. He says here that you fight the good fight. Hallelujah. Keeping faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. Among these are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, so they will be taught not to blaspheme. Mighty God and fathers, we come tonight. We thank you, God, for being here. We thank you for your word. Thank you for those that are here. Thank you for what we felt already. I ask God you to lay your hand upon me tonight. Touch my body that I may deliver the message if you've given me this evening. Bless each and every heart in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a pleasure and thrill it is, amen, to see Sister Ruby with us here tonight. It's been a long time. Hallelujah. Yes, and she was here this morning. We're glad that she's back tonight. I believe that you ought to be able to look around and tell that you are loved. And there's people praying for you. Hallelujah. I want to speak tonight from a subject titled, The Components of the Good Fight. The Components of the Good Fight. Apostle Paul wrote Timothy and says, 
I want you to wage a good warfare. Oh, in other words, son Timothy, make sure that you fight a good fight. There have been times in my life that my fighting has not been so good. There have been times in my life that I've shirked back for one reason or the other. But Brother Joseph stood up here last Sunday night and he preached a powerful message about now is not the time for us to coast. I can see the finish line ahead. I couldn't see it 40 years ago. It was some distant thing there that I was working for, that I was looking to, that I was preaching about, that I was singing about. But Brother Moore, I've, I've, rounded the, I've rounded the final curve and I'm looking ahead and I can see the finish line. And I can see the Savior and I can see Apostle Paul and Peter and me of the church of old, amen, standing there at the finish line beckoning me to come on. Hallelujah. And I'm looking to my side, right side and I see the enemy here and I look over here and I see the enemy's demons here and they're hot on my trail. Do you think I'm going to take my feet off the pedals and try to coast? The devil ain't going to catch up to me. He ain't going to overtake me. He ain't gonna overthrow me. I've come too far to turn back now. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm gonna do as best as within me. The best of my ability. The rest of the time that God has me here, Brother Paul, I'm going to fight a good fight. Hallelujah. God's been too good for me. He's been too good for me. For me to halfway do anything when it comes to his kingdom. Hallelujah. If he deserves anything, he deserves my all because he gave me his all. Hallelujah. There's some components to being able to fight that good fight. I read a story, and it was on the news not long ago. I want to share with you. There was a Marine. This Marine lost the biggest majority of his jaw. Eye knocked out. One whole side of his body mutilated. He, by the grace of God, survived, but only barely. The reason why this 24-year-old Marine went through everything that he went through 
is because he was standing on the rooftop of a building in Afghanistan with one of his comrades standing beside him as they was watching guard over a facility there. And while him and his comrade in arms were watching guard, all of a sudden, with just a feet, just a few feet of them, came a grenade. This now retired corporal, his name was William Kyle Carpenter, 24 years old. At the moment of that grenade, landing closer to his comrade in arms than it was to him, he saw it, and without thinking, he covered grenade with his body so his comrade wouldn't be destroyed. Later on he said as they was getting him to and rushing him to the field hospital the only thought he had he said well he said I'm leaving here I'm going out of this world. I'm gone. Later on, as he received the nation's top military award that not too many men receive while still alive, the president presented the medal to Carpenter, this young man from Flowood, Mississippi. He was only 21 at that time when he intentionally threw his body over a grenade to save his friend while they stood guard on the rooftop in November 2010. In an interview, he said he did only what he was trained to do. There was no time to think, just act in order to save his comrade's life. There were many others, this corporal said, who were wounded worse than me, and some who never made it back. He said, it's those people that I'm thinking about today. Church, we are soldiers of the cross. God help us to wage a good warfare for the kingdom and never forget those who are fallen. What are we willing to do for a brother and sister that the enemy has tossed a grenade at? Trying to kill, trying to maim. Are you willing to fall on the spiritual grenade? Are you willing to do what it takes to make sure a brother or... Are you willing to pray all night long if you have to to see somebody snatched out of the gates of hell? Hallelujah! What are you willing to do? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! 
Hallelujah. Somebody might say, well, I've never thought about it. It's time we think about it. It's time we think about it. Because the end is so very near. There are people in this congregation tonight. Some of you, I remember how you started. I remember when you began this journey. I I remember when you enlisted for the fight. But church, with a humble heart tonight, I stand and tell you, it's not how we start, but how we finish that's going to count. It's not the first mile, but it's the last mile of the way. He that endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. If you don't endure, you will not be saved. Do you hear what I'm telling you tonight? This young man knew that he was going to die. He said, but it was unreal. He said, all around me, he said, it was my brothers in arms talking to me, saying, stay with me. Stay with me. Don't give up. You ain't going to die yet. You're going home. He said, it was those men who kept me to myself and to my senses that allowed me to make it to the hospital and receive what I needed so I wouldn't leave this world and to die. I said that to say this. There's not no reason that nobody in the house tonight should ever be one who's fallen, amen, in the battle and not getting up. Because we've got Jesus Christ, number one. Hallelujah. The Lord and Savior. Who has already poured out his life blood. Jesus at Calvary. Brother Douglas, Jesus at Calvary fell on a grenade for you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Paul, the devil had a grenade thrown right down at your feet. And left to yourself, that thing would have went out, and you would have been messed up, amen, and woke up in hell one day. But Jesus fell on the grenade at Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He shielded you. He shielded you. He took the blood of a blast. Do you hear what I'm saying? And then, and then our brothers and our sisters, 
our comrades. Staying with us, praying for us in the midnight hour. Hallelujah. We, we can make it. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to make it. Look at somebody else and say, we're going to make it. You're not being arrogant when you say that. You're not being prideful when you say that. Hallelujah. But we are speaking that in faith. By the grace of God. With God's grace and the help of one another, we can make it. We don't have to leave nobody behind. We can carry everybody with us. Hallelujah. My, my, my. Hallelujah. I already know right now. I know why God wanted me to preach this message tonight rather than this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's some components that we've got to have to be able to wage a good fight, to fight a good fight. The first thing is the weapon of our faith. I want to talk about the weapon of our faith. The most important component or asset for any soldier of war is his weapon. Amen. It is used not only for his protection, but also for his military objective, which is to advance and win the battle. When a soldier is issued their weapon, that weapon is issued to them for their protection and also so they can advance and do their part to help win the war. Hallelujah. For the soldier of the cross, the weapon of choice is not the M16, but it's like, it's what I like to call the M, uh, the M, the F66. Hallelujah. I'm not carrying an M16 tonight, but I've got the F66. The F stands for faith, based on the 66 books of the Word of God. Hallelujah. That is my weapon of choice. Hallelujah. Oh, I've got the F66. There have been many times that the devil has thrown grenades at me. Then many times the devil's tried to wipe me out. Oh, glory to God. But every time the enemy comes, I go over here. I take this F66 that God issued to me. Hallelujah. Oh, to God, it's never let me down. I might not be able to stop the devil from coming at me, but I can sure make him wish he ain't never tried. Hallelujah. That old devil might be laughing right now. I said, what? Hey, what are you doing now, you toothless preacher? What are you going to do? You ain't got no teeth. Bless God, I'll gum you to death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. 
Thank God for the F-66. Hallelujah. The soldier of the cross, the weapon of our choice, the faith based on the 66 books of the Word of God. Paul told Timothy, holding faith. You remember that, the scripture we read? Holding faith. Faith is the best thing any child of God can hold on to. Let me tell you a secret. If you don't know, you ought to, if you've been serving God long enough, you ought to really know. Every time the enemy comes against you and attacks you, he may attack you physically. He may attack you financially. He may attack you in your mind. There's a, there's a million ways that he could attack you. And you might think, well, he's after my health. He's after this or he's after that. Let me tell you something. The only thing that you got that the devil wants to steal is your faith. Hallelujah. The only thing, hallelujah, the devil could care less about your automobile, whether it's running or not. The devil could care less about your finances. Amen. The motive of everything that he comes against, he's trying to get your faith and cause you to give up. Lose hope. Hallelujah. He wants to make you think, what is the use? As Brother Richard says, the devil's a liar. He's a liar. There's nothing any stronger in your life than your faith. You hold faith. Paul told Timothy, holding faith, you hold on to your faith with everything that you've got, with everything within you. Do not let the devil take your faith. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. You see? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. The weapons of my warfare is not carnal. It's not in M16. The weapons of my warfare is the F66. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The faith. Hallelujah. The battle we fight is a fight of faith. And to be successful, we need to stay true to the cause and the mission that we have been given. People who become casualties of war become casualties because they do not stay 
true to the cause and the mission that was given to them by God. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Fight the good, there's that good fight right there. Fight! Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Brother Travis this morning was making fun of his pastor about singing tiptoe through the tubes, you see. Don't never let nobody tell you that this walk of God is not a fight. Brother, it's a fight with everything that's within you. Because the devil right now hates you more than what you can imagine. He don't want to do anything but destroy all of God's people. And listen, think about all the thousands of people that's out in churches today who don't have the truth, who don't know who Jesus is, who don't know about the precious Holy Ghost. And here we got, God has given us that revelation and we understand that. And because we understand that, it makes the devil want to fight you that much more. He despises you. He wants to take you out, take you down. Oh, hallelujah. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou also art called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Say so you want to go to heaven? You want to be with the Lord in the sweet by and by? Well, if you want to be with the Lord in the sweet by and by, you're going to have to fight the warfare in the right now and here and now. Amen. Hallelujah. You can't give up, give in, or give out. Hallelujah. You've got to fight with everything that's within you. Because the devil is not going to coast. He's not going to slide. He's going to throw as many grenades your way as he possibly can. He wants to see you blown limb from limb spiritually. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the devil comes but for not but for three things to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me ask you a question. What has the devil stolen out of your life in the last few years? What has he killed out of your heart in the last what has he destroyed in your life and in your family that you used to have that you don't have now? It's because the enemy, he's relentless. He will not give up. Hallelujah. He will not slow down because the Bible says he knows he's only has a short time. Whew, my Lord, my Lord. There's another component. Hallelujah. It's the weapon of a clear conscience. The scripture that we read in the beginning, there's two things that Paul told Timothy he had to do. He said, hold in faith and a clear conscience. There's another weapon which many fail to see the importance of, that being a good or clear conscience. Listen to me. Let me give you a little bit of teaching right now for the next few moments. The word conscience, in that word conscience, we find the word knowledge. The word science, 
Look at that word conscious and take the prefix off of it, con. You got science. That means knowledge. It means knowledge. Listen to this preacher. So your conscience is the knowledge you have of yourself, your actions, the history in your mind. The whereas you have confidence, you have followed orders faithfully, or the guilt and shame because you have went A-W-O-L. It's important that we not only hold faith, but we keep a good conscience, a clear conscience. Meaning that you've got to have some confidence in your mind that you have done the best that you could possibly do this day for God. Because let me tell you something, the devil's going to come around and try to lay a guilt trip on you. You hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Amen. But there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people, as Paul talked about Hymenaeus and Alexander, he said concerning their faith, they become shipwrecked. The reason why they became shipwrecked is because they, they let go of their faith and they begin to do things that marred up their conscience. Hallelujah. In other words, they went A-W-O-L. Paul never let himself, and to remind some of you who may have forgotten, when I say A-W-O-L, I'm talking about being absent without leave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've been in church service sometimes, and I see a lot of people A-W-O-L. Well, hello, somebody. I've been to the prayer room on Monday, first Monday night, and I've seen some people A-W-O-L. We're talking about warfare. We're talking about veterans of the faith. We're talking about here we are in the army of the Lord. Lord of God. Some of you have been in the service and you got you got leave. I guarantee you, you're going to make sure you got back to the barracks. Amen. You did not want to be put down as AWOL. Hallelujah. If you did, it wouldn't be pretty for you, now would it? In this day and hour that we're living in, we've got mayors now trying to force preachers to quit preaching messages against their lifestyle. We got our kids being brainwashed in the public school system. You don't know it, but they're teaching your little kids and your little grandchildren right now about the alternative lifestyle. Hallelujah. We're having all this stuff crammed down our throat. Why is it we got so many church folks? Why is it we got so many soldiers of the cross going, A-W-O-L? How come are we absent without leave? Oh... Brother Sam, I was enjoying your message, but now as usual, you don't quit preaching, start the middle. Hallelujah. But Brother Carl used to say, it's what? It's the truth anyhow. 
Paul never let himself be absent without leave. He never... mm, Can I preach just a minute? Hallelujah. Apostle Paul, he never deserted his post in a time of war. Mm, Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, help us. How many times... Amen. Have we been uh, that we have been uh, uh, gifted and, and and God has um, allowed us to be used in this and that. Uh, amen. And we have been placed on a certain post in the kingdom of God. Somebody, Amen, thought enough about us or had enough confidence in us uh, to put us in this position or that position. Uh, amen. But everything is going fine. Then first thing you know, A W O well. Amen. Where is so service or where is so and so at? Oh, I don't know. And then they must have divert, uh, deserted their post. Hello, somebody. Still preaching here. Apostle Paul never deserted his post in a time of war. He never got tangled up so much in the affairs of this life to whereas he couldn't fulfill the mission he'd been charged with. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to desert my post. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to be on duty at all times that God expects me to be on duty. If it's time for me to be on my knees in prayer, I'm going to be on my knees in prayer. If it's time for me to have my Bible open and doing my personal Bible study, I'm going to be doing that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I do not want to have Jesus come back and find me A-W-O-L. Hallelujah. We better heed to the Word of God tonight, church. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. He said, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one entangled it uh, engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him. Hallelujah. What? Why are you going to desert your post if you're trying to please Jesus, the one who enlisted you in the first place? It ain't this pastor's enlisted you. It ain't this pastor's called you. It's God on high. He called you. He could overlook you and called your neighbor. He could have called somebody else. But he called you. He chose you. He appointed you. And now you A-W-O-L with the devil doing everything he's doing. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. We're engaged in warfare. And don't nobody who's engaged in warfare get entangled with the affairs of life. If you do, you're going to be a casualty of war. You're going to be a casualty of war. I'm fixing, I'm, I'm winding down. Follow me just, just a few more minutes. When Apostle Paul came down to the final battle of his life, the knowledge he had of his service. Remember, we talk, still talking about being able to have a good conscience, keeping a good conscience. When Apostle Paul came down to the final battle in his life, 
he had some knowledge in his mind. He had of the service. His, Paul knew about his tour duty. Hallelujah. Paul knew about his tour duty in this life. He had knowledge. He had a clear conscience. How do I know this? Because 2 Timothy chapter 4 is the last words of the Apostle Paul written on paper in this life. 2 Timothy chapter 4. He was in a Roman jail. He had already been before Caesar for the last time. He had already heard the sentence. And that sentence was death. You're going to face the executioner. Did Paul have a good conscience? Did he hold on to his conscience? Did he have a knowledge? Amen. He said, listen, I've had a good tour of duty. Hallelujah. What did he write? He said, for I'm now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. This is Paul's knowledge. This is his conscience talking now. He's talking about his tour duty in this life as a soldier of the cross. He said, I fought a good fight. It's a good fight. I've been talking about it all the way through. I, he said, I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Hallelujah. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Brother Darrell, I want you to come on up right now and get a course ready. I'm going to fix the clothes. What kind of tour of duty have we had? In Arlington, in Arlington National Cemetery, the best of the best, the elite, in full dress uniform, stands guard day in. And day out, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, when that hurricane came through Washington, D.C., the high brass gave them, uh, gave them the okay to leave the post and get inside because the winds was going to be so bad. But those soldiers says no. They kept out there. 21 paces across the front of that tomb. Back. 
Heels clicked. Keeping duty. Not even a hurricane would cause them to shirk their duty. When you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, I want to be able to lay out, Lord, you know my conscience. You know my, I've done my best. Lord, I haven't shirked duty. I haven't won AWOL. My Lord, church, to be able to do that, there's those two components we got to be able to have. You got to have faith, you got to keep a good conscience. Faith comes by the Word of God. A lot of people have fallen by the wayside because they haven't had enough of the Word. There's only one way you can get the Word. I know, I know a lot of people think they get enough of the Word. They can turn, over, turn on the radio to some gospel radio station. That ain't how you get the Word. You don't get the Word through listening to a gospel song. You don't get the Word through listening to a radio. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing. Not hearing a gospel song, but hearing what? The Word of God. And how can they hear? Not, he said not unless they sing, but unless they preach. People who don't get grounded and settled in the house of God and make themselves regular in God's house, they're starving themselves spiritually becoming so weak, making it easy for the devil to attack. Hallelujah. we got to hold to faith, a good conscience, live the best we can, do our best never to shirk duty, not never to go A-W-O-L, but be true to God like he's been true to us. Stand together. Somebody wants to come for prayer. The altars is open.